Oh, it's so nice to see even my mother here joining us from England. Hi, mother. <laughs> well, lots of people are waving back at me. <laughs> That's great. And it really is a river flowing in my mind because recently I had the chance to go inner tubing for the first time. Some of you obviously know what that is. <laughs> and for inner tubing, you're given a giant truck-size tire inner tube, which you wedge yourself into, and then you float or careen down river rapids in it. So we launched our tubes into the Chile River, and for the first few minutes, we floated gently down. And we admired the beauty all around us, the trees were dripping their branches into the river, hanging down over us. And the blue sky was gorgeous above with just a few clouds dotting in it. And the birds were singing. And it really was paradise on Earth. And then, <laughs> you know there's a twist here, right? All of a sudden, my tube was swept up in a rapid and started moving swiftly downstream. And I couldn't stop it. And before I knew it, I was dashed up against some rocks and then turned around and then released into the rapids further down, going suddenly backwards down the river and then spun around to face the side and I was getting really dizzy and I didn't know what was where. And from having a sense of calm and peace, I was suddenly screaming without any control at the mercy of the wild rapids. And the next thing I knew, I was smashed up against a giant boulder, just missing getting my arm crushed against it and then bouncing back and then getting stuck in an eddy in front of the boulder where my tube just turned round and round and around in that eddy, not going anywhere and seemingly stuck indefinitely behind this boulder. And I watched as others passed me by in the current bouncing off my tube while I was stuck spinning in this hole. And try as I might with all my strength, I struggled to get out and out of this stuck place. But I simply couldn't. I just kept spinning in place, forced into a corner that wouldn't release me no matter how hard I tried. And I started to wonder if I was ever going to get out. And then, all of a sudden, I was hit hard enough by another tube, and boop, I popped out from behind the boulder and was released back into the rapids. Yeah, the rapids. <laughs> the going was rough as I bounced from one rock to another, being swept chaotically downstream. And eventually, I made it through the intense rapids and was able to float again for a few moments and catch my breath. But guess what? A few minutes later, the whole thing happened again, and then again. And try as I might have to avoid it, to stay in the calm waters, I just couldn't. And I was reminded how this is a lot like life, isn't it? <laughs> Having the illusion of control, thinking that we can steer our lives and stay in the calm and decide where we're going to go next, thinking that we would be safe with enough planning or effort, right? Yeah. <laughs> but before long, we're caught up by rapids, or we're stuck in an eddy, 
and then we're thrust out careening through more rapids. And I remembered this experience as my family and I hit massive rapids, boulders, and eddies just this past week. You know how I often get to practice what I preach? <laughs> well, when the universe heard I was preaching on navigating change, it decided to give me some intense first-hand experience. I really should only preach on life going great in the future. Because <laughs> this is getting a little tiresome. So we arrived home from a wonderful family reunion in Germany two weeks ago where I got to see my mother in person. With only three days to turn around and pack and launch our son off to college. And we had fabulous plans to take him there, buy what we needed, get him settled, meet his roommate and advisors, and then launch him into his new life in the business leadership program at the University of Puget Sound. And then we hit our first rapid. All the meticulous plans we'd made to take Gabriel to college vanished in an instant. Because two days after coming back, he tested positive for COVID. Two days before starting university. And his college said he'd need to be in isolation for 10 days, which meant he'd miss his entire award-winning orientation week, which was all about meeting his peers and settling him into his new environment. And of course, I was devastated for him because I know how important these rites of passage are in shaping your future experiences and your sense of belonging. And I'd also created a beautiful sending forth ritual for Gabriel and his girlfriend and family to send them off with grace and intention and to help us parents manage this transition better, which of course was also put on hold. All my dreams for a thoughtful transition were dashed up against a rock. And having German heritage, which loves to predict and control, that's really hard to take. Furthermore, Michael and I were both living with the constant uncertainty whether we too might come down with COVID at any moment. So that planning for anything beyond one day at a time just felt impossible. And at the same time, when I arrived home from Germany, my beloved dog, Daisy, was also really sick and on a hunger strike. For 36 hours, she hadn't eaten anything let alone taken her life-saving heart and kidney medications, and she seemed to be slowly fading out of life. And I worked and worked to get her to eat anything. I offered her gourmet pâtés, bacon, sausages, and with everything, she took one look and a sniff, and then she walked away. She was suspicious of all food because it might make her feel sick. And though she continued to eat scraps and bugs that she found on the street during our walks, I never understand that. It's like, pate or bugs? But I don't know, there was something about autonomy there, I think. Mercifully, I found an appetite enhancer that seemed to kickstart her desire to eat again. And so she's still slugging along. And I invite your prayers for her. 
thankfully, because I really couldn't face the devastation of losing my dog while my son had COVID and then becoming an empty nester all in the same week. Everything felt completely out of control, falling apart and stuck all at once. We'd been thrust up against a boulder and we were swirling in the eddy, unable to get out. And I lay awake for hours trying to figure out how to handle the situation, calculate the next steps and how to get out of this stuck place. And somehow I imagined that if I thought and planned hard enough that I'd be able to avoid the suffering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know better. <laughs> It reminded me of Gabriel's birth 18 and a half years ago, which was supposed to be a beautiful, serene home birth with hypnobirthing and angels singing and ended up as a traumatic emergency C-section. But I learned then and I was reminded again now that no matter how much I plan, how much I effort, or intend for things to go a certain way, I can't control the twists and turns that life takes. And try as I might, I can't actually figure my way out of suffering, illness, or death. And then I remembered, the only way through is through. I couldn't avoid or bypass suffering. Chaos, struggle, illness, and death are just a part of life. And so is suffering. As Buddhism reminds us in the first of the Four Noble Truths, suffering is an inevitable part of life. It's what we do with it that shapes our experience of life. So knowing that I was preaching on this topic in a week's time, I started to take notes about navigating change and suffering. Now most of us go through massive changes throughout our lives. We go in and out of them and we're also in a time of unprecedented rapid change in our society right now. And in fact, someone mentioned at the leadership retreat yesterday, what if this is how it's going to continue to be, this kind of rapidly changing life? And knowing many of your stories, I'm aware that there are those among you right now who are dealing with unforeseen illness or job loss or divorce or children leaving home. And many of you have children going back to school in these days or have sick parents, come on in and join us. Or are struggling with loss of some kind. Know that you are not alone in your struggle. There are many others navigating constant change, difficulty and upheaval all at the same time. Just like you, others are suffering. So it's a good time for us to hone our skills for dealing with change and suffering, don't you think? Yeah? 
So here are some things that I learned just last week as I was navigating change. So first of all, I invite us to be really gentle and tender with ourselves during times of great change. Slow down. Take a breath. Take a breath with me now. Nothing has to be decided immediately. Now our instinct may be to react and try to fix the situation, and boy, my husband will tell you I did that. <laughs> but I actually learned it's more important to take our time and feel into what's the next right step, rather than rushing in to fix. And then only take one small step at a time. I learned not to push to try and force my way through, but instead look at what is the next easiest step I can take. And then not plan further than the next step, because there's no knowing what's coming next. We basically couldn't make any plans each day until Gabriel had tested each morning. So we didn't know when we were going to actually be able to leave, or let alone if we were going to catch COVID. So we had to just slow down and be in the moment now. And a part of slowing down and looking for the next easiest step, I found there's a need to simplify, to let go of anything extraneous that doesn't really help us in the moment. Let go of to-dos, let go of extra commitments, and just keep it simple so that we can focus on the task at hand. Keep it simple. Remember to breathe in, exhale deeply, and as in our meditation, accept right now, it's like this. And then I realized I had to surrender. Sometimes you just have to surrender to the rapids and eddies of life. No amount of struggle or efforting will get you out. Sometimes you just have to wait. Wait until you get popped out of the whirlpool onto the other side. Wait until this pandemic is finally over. Who knows when or if that will happen. Wait until the illness runs its course. Wait until our grief finds some place to settle. Wait until we know next steps. And surrender is key to that. It was hopeful to remember that eventually Gabriel would get through COVID and start college. But while I couldn't do anything to change it, I just had to surrender. Now, of course, you can keep making plans, but we aware, be aware that nothing is set in stone. And your plans may change, as we've seen throughout the last two and a half years of the pandemic. Planning anything too far out for our congregation has been hard, as has been making plans in our personal life. And then I remembered another key component, trust. 
Each year I choose a word or quality to focus on for that year, and this year my word is trust. So once again, since the universe loves to give me first-hand experience, of course I got a great opportunity to practice trust. To trust that things would unfold however they did, with whatever lessons I needed to learn. To trust that all would be well in the end, or simply would be, no matter how it turned out. And to trust that I was not alone on this journey. Trust that I could surrender the situation to my higher power, or God, if that's a word you use, or some sense of universal order, if that feels more comfortable to you. Whatever resonates for you. To trust, let go, and surrender, knowing we don't have control. And I started seeing an image of a piece of iron being smelted and forged into something new, as horseshoes are. And we say in our mission statement up there, we nurture spiritually courageous people who transform. And the process of being heated and melted from your previous form and then being transformed into something new is hard. It requires courage. And it means burning up the old, making it through suffering and taking on and as yet unknown new form, a form which may be of use in a different way, just like horseshoes are. The future, my friends, may be completely unclear, but we have to allow ourselves to be transformed through the process, again and again, because that's how we grow and evolve, and Yesterday in our leadership retreat, we heard that that was another one of our values, in addition to love and justice and compassion and kindness and community. Allow ourselves to evolve and grow. The great Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh reminds us that in times of great change, all we can really cling to are our values and ideals who we want to be in those times. Every morning, he says, you rededicate yourself to your path in order not to go astray. Before going to sleep at night, you take a few minutes to review the day. Did I live in the direction of my ideal today? And don't compare yourself with others. Just look to yourself to see whether you are going in the direction that you cherish. If you want your life to be more solid each day, take refuge in the things that are solid, he suggests. And for me, the things that were solid during this time of upheaval were my commitment to keep loving and growing, my values of kindness, integrity, growth, and love, even when it was hard and to keep connecting deeply within to my higher power, to my inner voice, to my family and friends, and to look for what amidst the chaos 
was still good and beautiful. The sun kept shining, the flowers kept blooming, the birds kept singing. And then, of course, there was gratitude. It could all have been so much worse. Michael and I didn't get COVID miraculously. Gabriel didn't get very sick. And finally, a week into Gabriel's COVID, according to his doctor, he was no longer contagious. So we took him up to college where they required him to be in isolation for a few more days. And I flew up for just 24 hours so that I could come back and get back to work. But we at least got to see his new environment, move his stuff into his room, meet some of his advisors, and get a sense of what his new life would be like. And Michael and I returned home to our empty nest. Daisy is hanging in there. I went back to work, and we began floating down the river again. And then last Thursday, on his 11th day after testing positive, Gabriel finally got to join his new community for the first time and participate. But the rapids and boulders weren't far off. On that first day, we got a text saying he jumped in the water and dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> and he was heading off to the ER. Three hours into his first day alone at college. Okay, I'm really done now, universe, with experiential lessons. Thank you, please. Enough already. So far, he's doing okay, though. <laughs> day, day two, three, and four, at least we think. <laughs> and Frank reminds us, we can't control our destiny, but we can control who we become. So amidst all the rapids and eddies of our lives right now, amidst all the change happening in our personal lives and society, my friends, who do we want to become? What do we value? I invite you to join our congregational conversation today on what we value right after service, both online and in person in our social hall. Because it's really helpful to clarify those things when we live in times like these of constant change. As I mentioned, we had a leadership retreat yesterday in which we also discussed what we value as a congregation and how important it is to be led by those values during liminal in-between times such as these. And we wanna hear all of your voices online and here in person and help you clarify what you value for yourself and our congregation. So like Thich Nhat Hanh suggested, you can start your days clear on the direction you want to go. I hope you'll join us. In closing, I remind us of the rudders for navigating inevitable change and invite you to take them with you into your inner tubes or boats through these tumultuous rapids. Be gentle and tender with yourself. Slow down. Take one tiny next step at a time. Simplify. Accept 
right now, right now, it's like this, right? Surrender and trust. Let your values guide you. And the only way through is through. Breathe in. Exhale deeply. Right now, it's like this. Then breathe in again. And exhale once more. May it be so. Amen. Thank you.